Welcome to Simply Holy Living, the podcast designed to help average humans who are being made holy through small, simple acts of letting go of our way and living the Jesus way. My name is Tracy Miner, and though I will be your host, I am much less a guide and much more of a fellow human in pursuit of holiness. Today we are starting a new series based on the practices of Jesus. In this season, we will look intently at the way Jesus lived, more than the words Jesus said, in hopes that through imitating his ways, we will find our way through the difficulties we face each day. Episode one is from a podcast I recorded for the Deeper Dive podcast when asked to explain my take on the spiritual practices. It will serve as an introduction to our new series, and I hope you enjoy listening. My name is Tracy Miner, and though I am usually speaking to the audience of Simply Holy Living, today I'm excited to be asked to be a part of the Deeper Dive podcast. I wanted to say thank you so much to Marcel Hall for asking me to come on, and I'm very excited about this subject, the subject of spiritual practices. You know, in preparing for this, I started thinking, okay, so what do the spiritual practices mean to me? And I think they are simply a way for me to tend to my spiritual nature. You know, just as we worship a triune God, you know, we know God is the Trinity, but I tend to think of myself as sort of a triune creation. Um, I am a physical being. I am an emotional being and I am a spiritual being. Um, We are a people aware of the need for physical health, and we are becoming a people more aware of the need for mental health, amen. But we're also a people that are in need of spiritual help. You know, if you ask experts about how to maintain your physical health, you know, you'll get answers. What what are we going to get? We're going to get answers like, you know, well, good diet and exercise. And you're going to get a list of do's and don'ts, you know, like do eat vegetables more than you eat sweets, but don't smoke or drink that much. You know, we're going to get our do's and don'ts. And these are the practices of a fit person, someone who is healthy physically. If we ask the experts in the mental health field, you know, what makes what makes for mental health? And they would tell you things like, well, practice gratitude or, you know, learn to identify your emotions, you know, breathe and meditate and journal. And then some of the don'ts would be, you know, don't spend too much time on screens or don't skimp on your sleep, you know, and they would give us the warnings of what can happen if we have too much time on social media and that kind of thing. And these are the practices of an emotionally healthy person. But who are the experts on spiritual health? You know, I would suggest that Jesus is the expert on spiritual health, you know. So if we want to understand how to grow spiritually, we need to look at the practices of Jesus. You know, he had a physical side. 
He was a human and had all the struggles just like we did, we do with the limits of the flesh. Yet he was able to overcome all of these physical and earthly struggles completely without sin. You know, his spiritual connection to the father was never broken right up to the point that he gave up his spirit on the cross. So how did he do it? (laughs) Some might say that he did it because, you know, he was God. That's how he was able to do it. Yet something about that doesn't make sense. Because we know that the writer of Hebrews says that he was tempted in every way, just as we are. And because of that, he's actually able to empathize us with us in our weaknesses. And we all know that he was very torn in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Torn by his desire to protect his physical body, yet fighting to submit his spirit If he was able to rely on the God card, so to speak, then why the struggle? You know, his battle was real, just like ours. So if we are looking to the expert for spiritual health, then what were his practices? How did he practice spiritual health? Well, he had many. He practiced scripture reading and memory, prayer fasting, silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, meditation, to name a few. These were the practices of Jesus. And I would suggest that these are the practices that will lead to our own spiritual health. You know, I have found that each of these practices transport us from the realm of knowledge of God to the realm of the experience of God. They take the truths that we know from the Bible and they move them from our head, (laughs) which we, we know lots of truth about God in our head, right? But they move them from our head to our heart where we can feel them. They give us a whole body experience of God. It's one thing to know in our head, yes, God is always with us. It's another thing to feel it in our heart and all the way through our bones. The practice of Sabbath teaches us experientially that we are loved and cherished, not for what we can do for God or what we can accomplish, but just because we are his creation. It's It's a way for God to say, I love you before you ever do anything. It's a tangible weekly reminder that we are not just the sum of what we can produce, right? So that is an incredibly freeing feeling. It's also a tangible weekly reminder that we are not God and that this world will keep turning (laughs) just fine if we actually stop working. Wow, for 24 hours, (laughs) for one day, (laughs) the world is going to continue on. But, you know, we we know that in our head. Yeah, my head could tell you. I already know that. I know that God loves me just because he created me. I know that he's God and I'm not. But when you take 24 hours and say, I will not work, that brings it to a whole nother level, right? Your whole body feels it. 
Let's take fasting. Fasting is a full body experience in surrender. (laughs) That's what it is. It, It allows you to feel true hunger and thirst for righteousness. You can read those words or you can experience those words. That's what fasting does. Solitude is a physical participation in the truth that God alone is enough. He alone is our strength, our hope, our great reward. You know you've read those scriptures many times. You know you've read those words. But when you practice solitude, you live those words. It teaches you in a different way than you can get just from reading the Bible. Meditation moves us beyond the limits of our own thinking. It actually changes our physical state and allows us to hear the voice of the divine. When I became a disciple of Jesus almost 30 years ago, you know, I began the practices of scripture memory and prayer with amazing results, I must say. I mean, it's amazing. Just what just actually reading your Bible can do. Can you remember that when you first baptized, when you just first became a Christian and you're like, oh my gosh, I read the Bible and it like changes me. This is amazing. And if I obey it, then like I get this incredible freedom and I start to understand the truth and the truth sets me free. And you know, it's like this amazing thing that happens when you just read the Bible and put it into practice for the first time. And when you realize what happens when you pray, how it changes your state of being, how it, it draws you near to the heart of God, how it teaches you to listen. And, you know, there's amazing results from that. From there, I added meditation and fasting. And I'm telling you, when I started fasting, the way the Bible talks, just practicing it, it, it took me to a whole new um place with God. It taught me things that I just never knew how much we could learn from just really food, (laughs) the absence of food, um, the presence of food, the abundance of food, the scarcity of food. It's crazy. And when you think about it, wasn't the very first temptation about food? Isn't that where it started in the garden? And then when Jesus was in his own wilderness wandering, wasn't it with food that he was first tested. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? It is just one of those practices that helps you to understand deep things that you could never understand any other way. Then there's the practice of Sabbath, which came next. And solitude. For the past eight years, I've just been immersing myself in this practice of the Sabbath. And it has dramatically altered my spiritual life. And I don't use that word dramatically just to be dramatic. I don't take it lightly. Honestly, I don't have a better word to describe it. The practices of fasting and Sabbath and silence have literally changed my blood pressure, my weight, my anxiety level. So these spiritual practices has these spiritual practices have actually improved my physical and emotional health. It's crazy because the practices of Jesus don't just engage the mind. They engage the entire body, heart, soul, mind, strength, 
Could that be what God was referring to? So, having said all of that, over the next few weeks, I'm going to be introducing each spiritual practice in detail. I will teach about each practice, but then also I will give practical ways to live them out in our daily lives. I will even have some times where the entire podcast or entire video will just be a spiritual practice. If you are interested in going on that journey, you can definitely join me on my YouTube channel or my um, my podcast channel at Simply Holy Living, or you could go to my website at simplyholyliving.com. But today, just for the Deeper Dive podcast, I wanted us to do just one of these spiritual practices, a very simple practice that we can do together right here, right now without any real, you know, teaching necessary. You know, I want to go through a passage of scripture and basically take you through a guided meditation on a very short passage that really means a lot to me. Now, this isn't quite a, uh, you know, there's, there's some specific practices that have been developed through the years, like Lectio Divina, which is This the Latin way of saying divine reading. There are many different ways that we can read the scriptures and um, experience them in a new way, not just cognitively. And I think that that's part of, you know, this whole realm of scripture reading. There's just so much that we can learn and so many ways that we can grow. Um, You know, there's information that comes from the Bible and it's very important. Bible study just getting the history, getting the context, getting the actual, the language that it was written in and the people it was written to and all of that information is incredibly important. And I think, honestly, I think the information actually can be transformative. I I have been transformed just by learning something new and it's like mind blowing. I do think that that's a huge practice in itself. But there's this other side of our brain that is experiential in nature. It is the way that we experience the word and the way that we can um, feel it deep down in our souls. There are things that help us with that. Music can help us with that. Meditation can help us with that. But there are ways that we can just experience that just by allowing ourselves to read the Bible slowly enough and to let our minds dwell on it enough to actually get new teaching from the same passage. Every single time we read it, we can get something new because that is because the Bible is living and active. And that's it's magic. God can speak to us in new ways from very old scriptures. And it's it's just it's the magic of God. It's amazing. You know, there's this TikTok that my husband and I saw lately. I just love it. And it it uh, talked about how that it is actually now that scientists have sort of proven or discovered that there people listen to music in two different ways. There's two different kinds of listeners. One, when when they hear a song, they hear the lyrics. That's the first thing they hear. The music is sort of secondary to the lyrics. 
And I've seen people like this that can, they, they hear a song two, you know, one, two, three times, and they literally can memorize the words. They, they get it through the words. And then there's this other segment of society who actually, they hear the music and the words are secondary. It's kind of like they only hear the ones that kind of stand out, you know, <laughs> and they, all the rest of them just sound, kind of sound like, he loves me, you know, kind of like that. That's the only thing that they hear is the big punch at the end. So this is two ways that people listen to music. Well, I think that with the Bible, we read it kind of two ways. We have to engage both sides of our brain. We engage the information, yes. But then we want to experience the transformation that comes from it. So that's what we're going to do today is we're just going to do a guided meditation through one of my one, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It comes from Exodus 3. And um, it's when, when Moses is first encountering God in the burning bush. So I want to encourage you right now. I'm going to change sort of the the tempo of this podcast. We're going to slow down. And I want to encourage you, if you can, now I know many people listen to podcasts in their car while they're driving or in the, you know, in the bathroom when you're getting ready for work or whatever, and that's all good. And you can try doing it right there just like you are. Or you can save this part of the podcast for another time when you are able to just sit. Once you've gotten to work, Maybe you can park and just sit and, uh, and do this spiritual practice before you go into work. Or after you're done with your makeup, you could sit down and just have five minutes with God. But I want you to take a few deep breaths as we enter into this practice. And later on in, the, in my podcast, I'll, I'll explain about breathing and what it does to us. But for now, I just want to encourage you to close your eyes and take a few deep breaths and try to slow them down as much as you can. See if you can make your exhale longer than your inhale. Now I want you to picture yourself encountering God. In this particular story, Moses is seeing God in a burning bush. But perhaps you're sitting in a chair and God is just sitting across the table from you. Perhaps he's sitting in the front seat of the car with you. Perhaps he's just sitting next to you on the couch. What does he look like? Do you see him as Jesus? 
Do you see him as a father? In Exodus 3, in verse 5, it reads, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And I want you to just think about this moment that you have right now as a holy meeting with the Lord. You know, Moses was in touch with his humanity. He was in touch with all of his shortcomings. He was in, you know, he's like, I'm a murderer. I'm a, I'm, I'm not worthy. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm not worthy to look at God. I'm afraid to look at him. You know, you're afraid often to look at somebody in the face when you know you have hurt them or done something wrong. And that's how Moses was feeling. Maybe how you're feeling. Maybe hard to picture God because you're carrying around some some shame, some sin, some unconfessed sin that you're just feeling bad about and you feel like you can't look at him in the face. But I want to read this next part to you, even if you're in that place. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. I want you to think about what he's saying here. I have seen your misery. I have heard your cries. And I am concerned about your suffering. What is the suffering in your life right now that God is seeing? How does it feel to know that he is concerned for you? He's heard you. He's heard your cries. He's heard the cries that no one else can understand because you've been trying to explain yourself and you've been trying to talk it through and never seems to change or be open but you can't really express yourself. But God hears your cries. You are heard by him. Even if no one else ever hears you 
or no one else ever understands where you're coming from. God does. He has indeed seen everything you've been going through. He has seen all the ways that you have been trying. He has seen all the ways that you've been hurt. He's seen all the ways that you've hurt other people. He's seen all of your own disappointments and your disappointments with others, your disappointments with yourself. He has seen it all. What do you want to tell God right now? What else do you want him to know? I'm going to end by reading this next part, the so. You know, the next part starts with the word so, and that's always such a key word. Because God has told you, I've, I've seen you, I hear you, and I'm concerned about you. So, I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So God has come down to rescue you from the hand of your slave driver. What is that slave driver? Is it your fear? Is it the praise of man? Do you feel like you need the attention? Approval of others? Is it your lust? Is it your greed for more? What is causing you to work so hard? Who is your slave driver? I'll tell you, whoever it is, God has come to rescue you today. And he's big enough, and he's strong enough, and he will win. God, I'm so grateful for this time here with everybody. Just so grateful that you are big enough, and you are strong enough, and you will win. Thank you, God, that you are bigger than our slave drivers. 
Thank you, God, that you hear us, that you see us, and that you're concerned for us, that you want to comfort us, that you want to take us to the land of milk and honey. You don't want to take us to the dungeon. You don't want to punish us for our sins. You want to reward us. You want us to live in peace. You want us to live in the promised land. So God, I pray that we will let you rescue us. Help us to trust you, to follow you, and to obey you. Now God, please help this lesson, this experience to stay in our hearts. Help us to be able to return to it day after day if we need to, just to remember that you are on our side. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with a friend, choose some stars, and write what helped you as a review. And remember this, my friends. In Hebrews 10, it says that it is through Jesus that God has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. It's a process, so be patient with the process and focus up, holy peeps, until next time.